In this episode, I'm going to share another chapter from the book that I've been writing. First question I have for you is, why are you so amazing? (laughs) If you don't believe that yet, you will by the time you finish the exercises that I'm going to describe. The reality is you've come so far and you've accomplished so much that you've probably forgotten most of it. So I want to help you refresh your memory. Previous chapter focused a lot on what's blocking your success. So I want to have some fun and focus on what makes you so great. This is Invincible Career and I'm Larry Cornette. So as I mentioned, the previous chapter was really focused on your weaknesses, what's blocking success in your life and what stands between you and your dreams. And I know that was pretty heavy stuff. So I want to have a little more fun this chapter and just talk about all the things that make you great. And this is just between you and the pages of this book. So there's no need to feel shy. There's no need to be humble. After decades of observing who gets promoted, careers that tend to skyrocket, and who will succeed in business, I think those who do not move up have often erred on the humble side of caution. People often misinterpret humility and believe that they must never be proud of their work, speak of their accomplishments, or be confident about their talent. But my interpretation of humility means that you realize that you don't know everything, but you're proud of your accomplishments. You know that you aren't immune to making mistakes, and sometimes you're wrong. But you also have valuable talents and skills. You listen to others at all levels, and you're open to learning experiences, but you have also accumulated an incredible depth of knowledge from your life, work, and education. You remember where you came from, and you're thankful for others who were part of your success. Be humble, be confident, and shine a light on your work to be highly visible and let people see how amazing you are. But before you can do that, you have to fully understand who you are, where you've been, and what you are capable of becoming. So I'm going to start with what I call the story of you. Regardless of where you are in your life and career, You may feel frustrated by your perceived progress relative to where you wish the bookmark were currently placed in the book of your life. It's easy to look ahead at the blank pages remaining and be disappointed that you haven't achieved more. I've felt that way at times, many times. (laughs) If you never have, well, you must be an amazingly self-aware, proud, and confident person. So. Buy me a coffee sometime so I can meet you. And that wasn't me being sarcastic, by the way. I love meeting people who have always known what they wanted to be when they grew up. They have a plan and they're happy with their progress. I've met a few people like that and it is truly a joy to behold. Now I have found the following to be a helpful exercise for the rest of us who sometimes have doubts. So sit down in a quiet place with your favorite mug of coffee or tea and start capturing the story of you from the beginning. 
we've all been on a more amazing journey than we realize. We've had life experiences that we've mostly forgotten or we take for granted. We've accomplished things that we no longer feel are worth mentioning. So it's time to revisit all of that. When I recommend that people write about their career and their life experiences, they are humble to a fault. They say things like, oh, my life isn't that interesting. Or, I haven't really accomplished that much. Or even, no one would want to hear what I have to say. And that's absolutely false. We are not the best judge of ourselves. We're too close and we take too much for granted. We have forgotten so many experiences and accomplishments that only come up when someone asks deeper and more detailed questions. And then you start to hear things like, oh yeah, I, I guess I did publish a book once. Or I forgot about that summer when I backpacked around Europe. Or, well, I do remember doubling revenue at that company when I was leading that team. I mean, I'm amazed by how easily people brush off their accomplishments. They don't realize how valuable their stories would be to so many people just starting their own career paths. They aren't aware of the people who would benefit from their words of wisdom. And there is always someone in need of the knowledge you've acquired. That is reason enough to start capturing and sharing your story. And that part's important. However, I have another motive in mind. When you take the time to write down everything you've done in your life, you realize how far you've come. You see patterns in your talent, skills, knowledge, and experience. Once that is all laid out in front of you, your confidence grows. You may still have a long way to go, but you now understand how far you've come. Confidence is fuel, but only when it's genuine confidence. I don't like tricks or hacks to appear more confident. I'm talking about true self-confidence that you have earned and recognized based on rereading your story. Real confidence is a fuel that powers achievement in your life. It improves your relationships, your career, and your sense of well-being. It will enable you to take more significant risks and accomplish more audacious goals. It will help carry you through the inevitable failures and setbacks, and there will be. There always are. But you'll shrug them off more quickly, get back up, and carry on. And yes, there are things you can do now to develop your confidence further, like improving your health and fitness. That's a big one. Of course, acquiring new skills, improving your public speaking, something I always talk about, continuing to educate yourself. However, writing the story of you will immediately elevate your confidence because it's the culmination of decades of accomplishments and work you've already put in. You've already done it. You just need to sit back and think about it. As you look back over the years of your life and write your story, 
pay attention to those patterns in your talent, skills, knowledge, and experience. Capture everything that stands out and assemble this information to build what I call the toolbox of you. You own a metaphorical toolbox full of the tools you've accumulated over your lifetime. These are the tools you apply to accomplish things in your work and life. Some of these items were given to you at birth. You've always had those talents. Others were developed when you received your education. Many were acquired during your years of work. But most of your tools have been built and tuned from thousands of days of making your way in this crazy world. You have decades of knowledge, skills, and experience. And you may think that can only be applied very narrowly to what you are and always have been. But that's not true. What's in the toolbox of you is invaluable and can be leveraged with great success in so many different ways. When you rise above the specific task you perform in a, in a particular job, you see how everything in your toolbox can easily apply to almost any job. For example, a talent for persuasion comes in handy for nearly anything you want to do. Deep knowledge of human psychology and behavior can help you collaborate more successfully with more people. Research skills can help you be successful in almost any job. Experience with handling customers will make you invaluable. So let's take a moment and capture all of your talents, knowledge, skills, and experience that make up your toolbox. So starting with natural talent, your natural talents are the tools you were born with. They include innate personality traits, unique behavioral tendencies, and of course, natural abilities. And there's no need to get into an entire nature versus nurture debate right now. But what's wonderful about your natural talents is that you can invest in developing them and transforming them into a real competitive advantage. Your best strengths probably evolved from some basis and talents you've had since childhood. You probably noticed that you improved at some activities much more quick, quickly than others. For example, I discovered that I had a natural talent for music at a fairly young age and I played numerous instruments for many years. Many years. On the, other, on the other hand, my natural talent for basketball seemed to be sadly lacking. Um, Angela Duckworth, she's a professor of psychology at the University of Pennsylvania. She talks about talent in this fashion. And when she says, she says, here's a quote, talent, when I use the word, I mean it at, as the rate at which you get better with effort. The rate at which you get better at soccer is your soccer talent. The rate at which you get better at math is your math talent. You know, given that you're putting forth a certain amount of effort, and I absolutely believe not everyone does, but I think most people do, there are differences in talent among us that we are not all equally talented. Some of your talents might be a little dusty because you never did much with them. But you might be surprised by how quickly you could reactivate those talents if you decide that you wanted to do something with them. I also would imagine that you have honed other talents into impressive tools because you leaned into them 
and built them into your greatest strengths. Perhaps you displayed a natural talent for leadership as a child, and now you've become a leader in your industry. Or maybe you have always been naturally persuasive, and now you're a world-class salesperson. What talents were placed in your toolbox and have been there since the day you were born? You might be very aware of what some of these talent tools are. You know what they are. But it is also a helpful exercise to talk with people who have known you for your entire life. If you want to create a more complete list of your talents, talk with your parents, siblings, close friends who have known you for a long time. If you have a significant other in your life, ask them what they've noticed comes naturally to you. For example, my wife is particularly insightful and has known me for over 30 years. When I was planning a new business venture, she was the one who helped me see some of the talents that I have that I had not fully leveraged in my previous jobs. Her insights helped me identify a new opportunity to pursue. So I also want to talk about knowledge. Your knowledge tools come from living your life, your formal education in schools, and what you've learned from your work experiences. Hopefully, You have also made a habit of being a lifelong learner and accumulating more knowledge on topics that interest you or could be useful for your profession. Thousands of people will claim that they have the same knowledge and experience that you do. You see it every day on LinkedIn. (laughs) If you want to stand out, set yourself apart with proof of your expertise. So write and share this knowledge. Do some public speaking and share your knowledge. Having validated experience does help. LinkedIn can do that for you. Testimonials and recommendations are super valuable when they come from other reputable people. As the Dalai Lama said, share your knowledge. It is a way to achieve immortality. So what knowledge have you accumulated in your lifetime and tucked away in your toolbox? Take a moment to capture some notes about the valuable knowledge you know you have. What do you know that most people do not? Now let's talk about skills. Your skills are the tools you develop that help you do your work. You've developed some skills on your own. Many were developed on the job. When people use the word skills, they often refer to hard skills. And you should, of course, document the ones you have. But don't forget to capture your soft skills too. What's funny is that, you know, beyond a certain point, it is the soft skills that will take you to the highest levels of your profession. For example, the CTO of a company is not the most talented engineer with the best technical skills in the company. Instead, they have soft skills, leadership, communication, adaptability, persuasion, negotiation. Those soft skills help them rise to the top, not the hard skills. Most professions do require some unique skills, often those hard skills, that set them apart from other professions. I mean, software engineers and surgeons have very different skills. Designers, which is what I used to do a long time ago, have special skills compared to product managers, which I also did. Real estate agents 
need very different skills than a chef at a restaurant. However, some skills are valuable and transferable across multiple professions and jobs. For example, I often tell the leaders I coach that great leaders are great leaders. As people climb that career ladder, the lower level hard skills become a little less important. And that's why I was able to pivot in my career from being a VP of design to a VP of product management. At the top, it's much more about leadership skills, not being a product manager. So what are all of the skills you have in your toolbox? One helpful and kind of crazy exercise is to transform your current detailed job description into the services you would include in a business plan. So how would you sell yourself? How would a business describe its services if it offered clients what you do every day? And then finally, let's talk about experience. Your experiences are the history of all the times you combined your talent, your skills, and your knowledge to get things done. What have you accomplished for your past employers or even your current one? If you're an entrepreneur, what have you achieved in your business? I would guess that almost all of you have created a resume for a job search and provided one to a potential employer during a job interview. Many of you have probably been through this process dozens and dozens or even hundreds of times, especially been working a long time. However, the basic resume you use for job interviews does not tell the complete picture of your life and work experiences, does it? I know that my old resume didn't include all of my work experience because I was trying to keep it the two pages. One helpful exercise is creating a comprehensive, quote, mega resume that includes every work experience you've ever had. Go back to the beginning of your young working life. You never know when something you did in the past could also trigger a valuable memory. You might see something and say, I totally forgot that that I did that and how much I love doing that kind of work. I've had kind of a crazy path to where I am today. For example, if I go back to my youth, my work experiences, I'm trying to remember everything. (laughs) They include, you know, delivering newspapers, mowing lawns, working on farms. I mean, this is stuff that has not been on my resume, right? But it is my work experience. And there are things about that That could come in handy. Mowing lawns requires a little bit of kind of sales activity, right? Working with clients. I used to stock shelves in a grocery store. I worked at fast food restaurants. I had kind of a strange job assembling trophies and engraving plaques. (laughs) That was an interesting one. I, I worked in the stock room at Kmart. Good old Kmart. I had various construction jobs. I was a security guard for quite a while on my university campus. I was a police dispatcher. I did some work as an expert witness researcher for one of my professors. I was a software designer for many, many years in my real, real career. I became a design manager, a director of design, a VP of design. Then I became a VP of product management, that pivot I talked about. I even founded my own startup and became a CEO of that small startup. And I was a business consultant working with startups right after I I left my last corporate job. And now 
I'm a leadership and career coach. So it's a really strange history of work experiences. What work and life experiences do you have stored in your toolbox? Capture everything you can remember. It's kind of a fun trip down memory lane. Then I want to talk a little bit about the authentic you. So this is something we used to talk about when we created products, but it applies to you too. What is your quote secret sauce? What makes you stand out from the crowd? Whatever it is, that's a key to your individuality. And you should embrace it. Don't hide it. Lean into it to create an advantage in how you pursue your career at work and the interactions in your life, your personal life. I mean, there is no level playing field in life. Despite the popularity of schools and companies and various online services exclaiming, hey, we create a level playing field. Give me a break. Who are they kidding? Doesn't exist. And you can't go through life as if you were playing a board game by the rules, making sure that everyone is playing fair and no one has an unfair advantage. Life does not work that way. There are so many variables that influence your success in life. Some people start with tremendous advantages. Some people have incredible privilege. There are variables in who you are, variables in your culture and your environment, variables in the workplace, in your boss, in the work you do, and an infinite combination of variables in the people around you and how you interact with each other. It is impossible to create an absolutely level playing field for everyone. On top of it all, you are doing yourself a disservice if you don't leverage every single advantage you have. I mean, the world, it's challenging enough without you restraining your talents and capabilities out of some naive sense of fair play. So you got to play as hard as you can in work and life. I remember a conversation with my children about natural talent and strengths and weaknesses and being able to compete with others. During soccer season, this was many years ago, this would usually come up starting with, it's not fair, he's bigger than I am. And I would have to remind them that life isn't fair. No one can promise you that life will ever be fair. Yeah, there will be kids on the field who are stronger than you and they can't hold back that strength or somehow have it limited in the interest of a level playing field. So I said, he may be bigger than you, but you're faster. And he replied, what if someone is bigger and faster than you are? I said, well, in life, there will always be people who are bigger or stronger than you, but you're faster. And someone might be faster than you, but maybe you're stronger than they are. And someone might be bigger, faster, and stronger. So you have to be smarter. And of course, my son said, what if someone is bigger, stronger, faster, and smarter than you are? So I said, well, then I hope that you are better looking. I was, I was teasing him a little bit, but I'm not joking when I say that you need to stop holding back. You need to use your unique sizzle to create your unfair advantage. That's why I've been asking you to think about all of your talents and strengths and skills and experience. 
You don't get to reset the game board at the end of your life and say, okay, 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 I'll play harder next time. I didn't try hard enough. This is your one shot. You get one game, one ride. That's it. Obviously, be a decent person. Don't be cruel, ruthless, or do terrible things to get ahead. I'm not talking about that. But play as hard as you can with what you've been given and what you've earned. Leverage every ounce of your natural talent, strengths, hard-earned skills, knowledge, and experience to succeed. So what is your unfair advantage? There's nothing wrong with using your supposedly unfair advantages to succeed in your career and life. Believe me, no one else will dedicate their lives to helping making you successful every step of the way. You'll be on your own and have to earn it. So use every tool in your toolbox of you to succeed. Attract with some sort of sizzle, but retain with substance. I'm going to call BS if you're going to huff and puff and say that you don't notice that. You don't notice sizzle. Because we do vote for tall presidential candidates. Height is their sizzle. It's ridiculous, but we do. The data shows that. Pretty people make more money than other people. 12% more. We even find attractive people to be more persuasive. Sounds ridiculous, but the data supports it. So do people find you attractive? If so, don't be shy about it and feel like this is something you need to suppress to level the playing field. Embrace it, be thankful, and recognize that people may treat you as more capable, whether you are or not. It's an advantage. Do you have a deep, warm voice? Would you believe that a decrease of 25% in voice pitch, you know, a deeper voice, is associated with an increase of $187,000 in annual salary for CEOs? It's insane. But for men, there is a positive correlation between having a deeper voice and greater success in business and politics. Do you have a great smile? If so... Know that people will find you more attractive when you smile versus when you don't. They can't help but react to your smile too. They will smile back, thus changing their own brain chemistry. Changes the brain chemistry. It's insane. So are you funny? Are you a good storyteller? Do you make friends easily? Do you naturally put people at ease? Do you learn new things quickly? I could go on and on and on, but what is your unique advantage? You have something that probably comes naturally to you that gives you a competitive advantage. So you may be saying, well, that's great. Wonderful. Lucky them. I don't have any special sizzle. And if you truly weren't born with any sizzle, which I highly doubt, create it. The easiest sizzle that anyone can tap into is being genuinely friendly and using a natural smile to engage and pull people in. I am a case in point. I spent most of my life with a neutral to negative resting face. People have told me to smile. People still tell me to smile. I'll share a photo on Instagram rarely and people are like, why aren't you smiling? Friends ask me why I look so grumpy. My regular resting face isn't that warm and friendly. I don't, I don't smile a lot. But over the past 
few years, I've been experimenting with making a deliberate effort to be friendly, to genuinely smile when I meet new people or I need to engage with someone. For example, when I talk with someone in customer service in a retail establishment, I'll start with a genuine smile. And maybe that sounds funny to you, but (laughs) it's new for me. I have my own techniques for feeling true warmth and friendliness so that my smile is genuine. I do this for interviews. I do this when I'm dealing with people in public like this. It's a strategy. I tell myself I'm meeting someone who's an old friend and I haven't seen them in years. And I know that sounds kind of ridiculous, but it works. For a couple of minutes in the beginning, I light up like I'm greeting an old friend. Then the other person lights up as well. And so it is this harmonious thing of smile and smile. And the friendly engagement then naturally continues from that point on without feeling forced. And it's kind of a warm and fuzzy jumpstart. So you may not think you have natural sizzle, but every single one of us is capable of smiling and being friendly. And if someone like me can start smiling more at this late stage of my life than anyone can, it's one of the easiest and most natural ways to connect more deeply with another human being. And that deeper connection is one of the secrets to tapping into an unfair advantage in your career in life. And it feels kind of funny to call it an unfair advantage or a secret tip. Yet it is because most people are in such a rush and they're so focused on me, me, me. Slow down. Take the time to really engage with other people. And don't be shy about being warm and human. It's surprisingly effective. And it's a little ridiculous how long it took me to learn that and put it into practice. So just be the best you that you can be. That's the point of this chapter. Don't feel like you can't be the real you and leverage some of the best advantages that you naturally have. Opportunity may not knock again. So make the most of who you are and what you have right now. I mean, do you see it now? Do you see how amazing you are? If you've taken the time to think about the story of you and to think about what's in your toolbox, I hope you can appreciate how far you've come in your life, how much you've accomplished. I hope that capturing your talents, knowledge, skills, and experience will help you realize how great you are and what you are capable of doing. This chapter of this book is one of the most essential steps in building an invincible you. The confidence you should be feeling right now will help you step up and claim the work in life you deserve. So that's it. If you want to read more, you can go to newsletter.invinciblecareer.com. This is book chapter Embracing the Best You, issue 367. And I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this episode. If you want to learn more about me and the the work I do and how I help people with their careers, you can go to invinciblecareer.com. And if you have time, leave a rating and review for the podcast. I would definitely appreciate that. Thanks. Until next time, I wish you the best of luck in becoming an opportunity magnet for the best things in life.